Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artist Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I will be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who is who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. Okay, so... We are officially live. Let me get everything going here. Live stream, yes, good. I love how this now prompts you to let you know that you're actually live. <laughs> yeah, before it was just like, click, oh, you're live, and we're still screwing around getting this thing activated. All right, so today is Wednesday, uh, September 22nd. Uh, this is Reflection Artist Live number 46, or episode 46, however you'd like to call it. We have special guests, guests with us today, uh, Brian Finn. And he is the Northeast factory rep for Pro Products. Uh, he's been with Pro Products now for roughly around 12 years. He's been in the industry for 28 plus years. So he's, he's a veteran at this to say. Um, oh, yeah. he, he runs his own and operates his own uh, detailing company, um, Tri-State Auto Coatings, and also a detail training academy as well. So he's, he's definitely invested within the detail, detail community. As you can see, the IDA plaques on his wall behind him, along with all the other credentials that I had mentioned to keep him in motion with what's relevant, of course. So we want to dig into you know, how Brian got started into detailing, kind of pick his brain and let him uh, let us know or let him tell us uh, what it, you know, the whole experience has been as he's come up in this industry in the past 28 years. So Brian, thank you on behalf you. of Buff and Shine, and uh, I'll open it up to you on where this uh, all got started for you in the wonderful world of detailing. And thanks, Justin. That's awesome. I'm glad to be here. I appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, I got so I got started with my first experience with detailing was when I was I was probably about 13. My dad came up and woke me up and said, "You have two choices. You can either go clean the kitchen." or go wash and wax my car. So I said, man, I think uh, washing and waxing his car sounds like an easier thing to do than cleaning up the kitchen. <laughs> but I did that, but you know, if I would have went and cleaned the kitchen, I'd be a lawyer right now. That was my, that was my thing to do at the time. I wanted to be a lawyer, but then when I did his car, I worked on that thing all day. He had a red um, Chevy Cavalier. And it was a single stage paint. It was one of the first ones that Ooh. they put out. Yeah. So I took turtle wax and man, I got that thing primo. And my dad, yeah, my dad. Came <laughs> I was smart though. I, I didn't do the whole car. I just did a section at a time. So nice. I didn't, I didn't mess myself up and it came out, it came out good. I was stoked, man. My, my dad came walking out and he was like, wow. And he said, you know what, Brian, I think you have something here. You have a touch. And that kind of stuck with me. My dad was uh, my dad was a good guy by all means. He was a great dad, but wasn't really a huge complimenter. Um, so when I got that compliment, I, I felt really good about myself. And I had a guy next to me that was always cleaning his car. He had a Corvette. He actually had polio and he would wipe down his car every day. And I would go over there and uh, hang out with him. He had a nice Corvette. So that kind of got me started in cars. And um, that was my that was my first initial thing. 
And then after that, I actually, when I turned 16, I was working in the grocery business for a while and I was cleaning people's cars at the same time. So you accumulated then, some, some friends, family, neighbors, whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah, anything. I mean, that's a good thing about, I tell everyone that I, that I hire, that I deal with, that I train, listen, out of every job that I've ever had, this one, you can always have a way to make money. If you learn how to do detailing, I don't care. Whatever you do, if you're if you're a cook, you can't go to your neighbor and say, hey, you want to pay me to cook something for you? <laughs> you know what I mean? No, true. All the but trades, right? Go walk up roofer, you can't just walk up to somebody and say, I want to fix your pipes when my, my pipes ain't broke. But you do have a dirty car. Absolutely. <laughs> and everybody will pay you to clean their car. Like they, yep. Anyone will do it. You may not make a lot of money, but you can make money. You have a, a continuous revenue source as long as you pay attention and learn. And it, and it takes, honestly, you know, we have a lot of money vested in our businesses in equipment wise and everything. But for the most part, you don't need a lot to become a detailer. You know, that's it's it's a good thing and it's a bad thing because a lot of people try to become one. But, you know, to start it, you don't need a huge investment. So, yeah, then you know, I was cleaning people's cars and doing that kind of stuff. And then I got a job with a mobile detailer and that was the only job I've ever been fired from. It was that mobile detailer. And why dude, is that? Dude, oh, dude didn't mark his bottles. He told me, he told me, uh, go over there and get the white wax and wax the outside of the car. Right. So I went and grabbed a white bottle. I mean, I'm looking in just a kit of all the stuff. Yeah. I waxed the whole car. And he's like, oh, it looks kind of smeary. What's going on? He's going, I got a story for that. I, I want to hear what, what this is. Use? And I grabbed it and I showed it. He goes, oh, that's leather lotion. And I, was that's like, oh, I did the same damn thing. <laughs> I did the same damn three months into working for the guy I bought the business from. I <laughs> He didn't have it labeled. I did this exact scenario. I grabbed the leather conditioner, put it on the orbital with the with the microfiber bonnet and just went to town. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that car looked good. He fired me, you know, because we had a little back and forth. It wasn't like he just said, oh, you use leather lotion, you're fired. I was young. I was kind of a hothead. So I was like, dude, you should mark your bottles. Like, this is your fault, you know. Basically. Yeah. He didn't want to hear that. True story. I mean, it but is. Yeah, it, he, it, it did look good, though. It was a white car. It was so kind of scary, but it's still shiny. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing until this day. I tell that story and people look at me sideways like, you did that? I'm like, yeah, everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> tell you what, the one bottle that's always marked in my in my shop is the leather lotion bottle. I made sure. <laughs> you got PTSD from that now. <laughs> yeah, but then after that, I got a job with a with one of my friends working for an overspray removal company. Oh, wow. We were nationwide, and all we did was remove paint overspray off of cars. Um, wow. And it was like, before clay, everything, we used to take a razor blade, right? We used to wax the whole car, and we would take a razor blade and knock the tops off of the dots, right? Paint yeah. falls in the little dot, right? Yep, yep. So you can what's, do what's called dehone a razor blade. You run it on glass and it'll change the angle of the blade from straight to a 45 degree. So that way you can run it along the car. And then with the wax, it kind of gives you a little buffer. And then we would, we would rub them out with a granitized product called Surface Saver. I remember and our the first granitized job, products. Yeah, the granitized was 
I mean, you don't hear about them anymore, but they had that, that product was awesome. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was my first job and it was at the Port of Wilmington here in Delaware. That's how I got here. Um, a guy, Chiquita Banana built a conveyor belt from the water to their building. And a guy got up there with acrylic yellow paint and sprayed it, a painter. And behind him was Volkswagen of America, 4,000 cars. Oh. Just every one of them. I mean, it was, it, you see this huge lot of Audis and Volkswagens and just yellow dots on every car. We're doing like 60 cars a day. It's Chiquita everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny too is full circle, I came out here, you know, I liked it out here. It was easy living out here. Compared to California, it was a little expensive for me. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't you know, I was doing okay, but it was, I was looking at never owning a house. I mean, houses out there are way expensive, yeah. but, um, you know, I needed a change in my life anyway. So I, I liked Delaware. It was really easy. I met a lot of nice people here. So I came out here and I, I, I worked for a guy at a detail shop and then he came to me, I was running it pretty much. And he came to me and said, listen, I'm done with detailing. If you want the business, you can take it over. If not, go get a job. And so I took it over. And a couple of months into it, a painter came to my shop to get his van cleaned. And I cleaned it. He was coming to pick it up. He's like, man, Brian, it looks great. He started asking me about how I got here, you know? And I told him the story. And I'm like, yeah, some idiot got up there with acrylic yellow paint, right? And he goes, yeah, that, that job almost put me out of business. I was like, ooh. So the same guy that did it ended up coming to me to get his car clean. <laughs> How ironic is that? Yeah, that was. Yeah, so did that you was, handle all, I mean, 4,000 or how did that go? Yeah, we did all 4,000. Holy. And what was yeah, the I lived time here frame? for six months. Six months. Yeah. So we had like 35 or 40 guys out here. Okay. So you yeah. had the manpower and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't handle that by yourself. I'd still yeah. be working on them right now. <laughs> and that and that was the traditional method with the with the razor blade or did that, that point was you go and play bar and then clay came out but i ah. still it's a good technique to know i mean i would never suggest anybody doing it themselves don't do this at home but if you know how to do it you can it, you can utilize it in detailing pretty good like if it's something on the lowers i can knock it right out you know what i mean i don't have to sit down there and rub it out i could just like zip it off and then come by with some solvent or something and take it off so it, it, it did help me. And there was no um, solvent-based cleaners that, that were a good remedy for the situation? Well, yeah, but with the, with the paint, you have to knock off like that top shell. Correct. And then you can get to like the raw part of it and rub it off. So that okay. granitized, that surface saver was high solvent. Okay. It was a lot of solvent with a little bit of cleaner in it and stuff like that. So it was a good product, but so that was it. Then. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it aged out. We were using like, man, that was like when we were using terry cloth towels to take off wax. I don't even know. I can't even, I've tried it and I can't even do it now. Yeah. I don't even know how I was doing it. That's because we back then you looked at the car from this far to get the shine. Now everybody looks at the car this yeah, close. Right? You know what I mean? It was past the shine. Let me shine uh, with my light here. Uh, you missed the scratch. Like, yeah. Oh, man. yeah. 
clean, but yeah, and protected. Yeah, that was um. So I did. So I did that. Then I then I started a pretty successful business, and I was able to sell it. And then after that, I moved back to California, and that's where I got hooked up with Pro. That was my start with Pro. I went. <laughs> I never looked in the newspaper for a job. And one day I opened up the newspaper and I saw that, a, a you know, a chemical company hiring. It's, it said the website prowax.com. I went on it and I was like, whoa, I know these products. So I applied. John called me in. We did an interview and that was it, man. It's been awesome ever since. It's the best thing I ever did. That's cool. I mean, that's not, uh, you know, most stories don't include a article you know a marketing article for employment and then just giving them a call and taking a shot in the dark to see if you get the job yeah i mean i was i don't know what made me look at the paper that day but i'm so glad i did i mean it opened so many doors like look i mean i wouldn't be talking to you if i didn't open that paper that day so thank you it, it was it was a great, it's a great experience. I mean, working for pro has, has done a lot for me. I would, I wouldn't have my wife if I didn't work for pro, you know, I wouldn't have a lot of what I have right now. Thanks to John Bell and pro. Now with that opportunity, when you first started, what was that starting position for you? Cause at this point you, you just, you had a lot of detail experience, but you weren't too savvy with the chemical dis distribution side, correct? Or I was not. I was totally inexperienced with that. Um, jo luckily, John gave me a shot. Um, I was always a pretty good talker, so I could do sales. I did sales as a business owner. You know, you, you sell yourself every day. That's part so of it, yeah. I was okay with that, um, but I didn't know really how the whole thing worked. And then you know, when I, once I got into the company, Bob kind of took me under his wing, Bob Myers and John helped me out a lot. And he took me to a couple of places, showed me how everything went. I looked, he gave me some time to go in the back and kind of go through all the products. I hadn't, I hadn't used all the products. I, we have a lot of products, but John gave me time to go back and, you know, just work with all the products. He's always been real cool about, like, hey, if you have a car that you can bring in to detail it, detail it. Like, use, you know, test products. Do everything you can. So that's been, that was really cool. And then, you know, we went out and we worked the streets together. And then he just said, you feel comfortable? And I said, yeah. And he just goes, go ahead, man. And I was working the West Coast at that time. So I had some pretty big customers that he, I was luckily, luckily he, trusted me with and uh, I did actually pretty good what was your route looking like like your coverage of area when you were working that it went from Colorado back to California and that, oh, that wow. whole line the west is pretty big but they're big yeah. states you know so and you don't really have to like it's not like we're out every day working with these people a lot of these guys are pretty self-sufficient so it doesn't they don't take a lot of um attention but they just want you to be there when they need you. Yeah. You know? So, but yeah, it's, it, it was good. It was fun to learn how, what these guys go through on a daily basis. You know, it, back then it was, it was a little bit easier than it is now. It wasn't as saturated. Um, there wasn't as many people out there just starting lines of 
product lines, you know, just going to a private labeler and building a label. And now they're a product line, you know, it's, it, it was like, we had just the big guys were in the market, you know, PNS, Automagic, Carbright, Pro, you know, we were basically competing with them. So it was a little bit easier back then. And plus people were paying what they should pay for a product. Now people want to pay nothing. Yeah. I don't get that. Well, everybody in the, well, in the dealership level, these guys work off the bottom line. So if the detailer is buying expensive products, the service guy looks at it like you're causing me to have a decrease in pay. And that's where it comes from at that level. Now the detail shops, you know, like for me, I don't care. Like I still buy my chemicals from a distributor. I don't, I don't get free product from John. I, I can get stuff from him when I need it, but it's, it's very expensive to ship this product out. So I have a distributor here that I buy from. I don't care about my guys using chemical. Like that's what it's there for. Use it. Yeah. You know? yep. I control the dilutions. I keep it under wraps. It's pennies in this business. You know, if you want to see where the cost is, it's always in labor. Yeah. And there's some, you know, some products are more expensive than others that you got to keep in mind for that reason, because you don't want to overuse where it's not yeah. necessary. Because then, yes, then you're just wasting. But yeah, for the most part, it's, it's, it's mostly labor. You're right. Yeah, it's a, labor is what kills this business, yeah. especially now because guys are, you know, it's, it's very hard to get these guys motivated to go. You know, what we as owners think can be done and what employees think can be done are two totally different levels, you know? So uh, I don't know how you, how do you do your guys? You pay them per car or you pay them per hour? I pay them per hour. Yeah. That, that way, you know, I always know that there's a fixed rate on their time, but if something takes longer than normal, they're always going to get paid. And that's okay because uh, some of these vehicles need extra attention. So as you know, so the fact that they're willing to give the extra attention because they know they're getting paid for it versus I feel like piecework is just not, it works out in some scenarios, but for me personally, I don't see it being as a, as a positive because it's like, they'll get done with a vehicle. Yes. But if they rushed it to get to the next job, then they're cutting corners at some level because you yeah. can't change the process. The process demands an X amount of time to execute. And if you're, short of that time, then there's somewhere that you didn't do something because that process never changed. And so yeah. that's where I feel like piecework. It's great for dealerships because they're just wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. I just need yeah. a clean, shiny and put back into inventory. Yeah. Oh, game on. <laughs> Let's yeah, see how exactly. many I could do. <laughs> but <laughs> when it's a boutique style shop and, and it's truly the art of detailing to say, that's where I feel that, you know, the, you know, you could do an hourly plus commission base, um, just more, more incentive for, yeah. for the technicians. Uh, and that's what keeps them. So you don't have a high turnaround too, because you pay them so well that they can't go nowhere else and get paid that much. So yeah. yes, you're locking them in as an employer, but you're also doing something for them that nobody else is doing or, or, or is willing to do to say. Yeah. I, lately, I've, my wife has really gotten on me. Not, I shouldn't say gotten on me. She gave me some good advice. You know, she's like, you're a, you're a professional trainer. Like you're not even training your own guys. You're, you're like, I get, it's very hard for me to let that responsibility go 
But lately I've been letting it go and just watching them and making them do it right. And it's been, it's been a lot easier on me. You know, I mean, usually I would start a guy on an interior and you're going to be doing interiors for a while before you can get to an exterior. And my wife was just like, you got to stop that. Like get these guys doing everything and, you know, do your job, train them. So it, it has helped me a lot. No, I, I was the same way. It was just like you said, it was learn how to do your interior work. Cause that's, you know, that's one thing that is uh, missed in the detail industry. A lot of guys just, you know, there's no money there. No, there's money there. You just got to know how to charge. Yeah. Um, and then of course, wash and prep in the vehicle. You know, if you could get those things down, then we can move you further. And I used to be the same way. And so I realized that that screws up production and it screws up revenue because you're, you're holding things back. And it's like, and like you said, as a trainer, these guys that go through your course, my course, whether it be one day or a couple of days, they leave excited and ready to just kill it. And if you could get your employees to have that same mindset, there's no reason why them being in the shop for a week, that following week, they're not ready to step their game up and take on that challenge for that next task. Yeah. And that yeah. will produce revenue for the business and continue to have that uh, maintained or grow. Yeah. And then like, as a detailer, I feel like the outside is like dessert. You know what I mean? Like yes. you do the hardcore part inside. That's, I mean, let's face it. Like people come to detail shops because of the inside. I would say the majority of the time, that's what they're seeing mostly. You know, most people, yeah, they walk up to their car and think, oh, I have a scratch here. Or, you know, it's just not looking quite right. But for the most part, you're detailing the car in the interior is what they're going to see the whole time. Like that's where they're sitting the most. Where they live, basically. Yeah. So that's, you know, I, I feel like that's the hard part. And then the exterior is like the, the bonus that you get to do. And, you know, that makes us as detailers feel like, wow, I did that. But yeah, it's, um, it's been good. I, I'm glad that I listened. Usually I don't listen and she would tell you that, but I, I had to listen and it's worked for me. Yeah. I got a guy with minimal experience and he's actually doing exteriors. Now I'm not going to leave him on a coating and go, yeah, go ahead. You know, I'm not going to let him correct a, a coating yet, but before he can do a coating correction, he has to be able to run the polish. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, and I do, I do a 90 day thing with, with anybody I'm bringing in. I don't have a high turnaround. Um, we, we just recently brought in a new guy after three years mm-hmm. and, and it's 90 days. I look at it as three terms. You get your first 30 days, your mid 30 days and your last 30 days, your first okay. 30 days, they're giving you the, Yes, sir. I could do this. I'll do anything you ask me for. I'm gun ho. The second 30 days is, yeah, but what about doing it this way? And then yeah. it's like, no, 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 no. We're doing it this way for a reason. And I always make sure to explain to them why we're doing it that way and what the outcome would be if they did it differently. So they get the best understanding, not just no, do it my way. Cause I say so, oh. yeah. you know, and then yeah. that last 90 days is really when they start to come out their shell and you get to know who they are more on a personal level and yeah. how they are mentality wise and all the true colors of what that person's going to be moving forward. And that yeah. kind of lets me know, you know, overall the kind of time I put into them. I haven't had 
thankfully I've had one, one guy, I think in the past six years that I've had come through here in 90 days, just didn't work out. I had to let him go. Yeah. Just, he didn't have a detail bone in him. And yeah, I mean, you could tell it's not a business for everybody. No, you know, anytime, anytime I train somebody, I tell them, listen, you got to do everything in a system. Like my system, it starts at the driver's side and it works its way around. It complements the last step, each step moving forward. Yeah. No matter what I do and no matter what I do, windows, wheels, paint, interior seats, you name it the driver's side always gets done first. And then I work my way around. It helps me as a business owner because I don't have to mess with you to know where you're at in the car. And that's important, you know, because if I come up and have to ask you where you at on this car, then you're going to stop. You're going to lose your place. And you're going to be like, Oh, well I did over there and I came over here. So I can just look and say, Hey, if the customer calls, yeah, that you've got about two hours left on this car without bothering the person. And but if something you, happens and they have to stop at a certain point, you know where to jump in at. Exactly. And they know when they go to lunch and come back, they know where they're at. You know, but detailing's compartmentalized. I feel like they, you have to compartmentalize. You can't look at the whole car. You'll get overwhelmed. Your mind will mess with you. You'll be like, oh, this thing's going to take hours. But if you stay true and just just work that one area, get it done and move on, you'll get through stuff so quick and, you, yeah. and you'll be successful. It's like the guys who detail boats, they tell you, just stay right here, polish them. Don't ever do this number. Yeah, yeah, down definitely. the hall. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be like, oh, my God, what did I do? Now it's been three hard. hours already. What the heck yeah, is going it is on? a little hard on RVs because they're so huge. But, yeah, yeah I mean, definitely you have to learn how to, to met, make your mind think, I'm going to get through this, then I'll deal with that. Yeah, it takes a lot of so. patience. Like you said, you know, the, the cracks and crevies and the little things that are that are very minor details that make a big difference on an interior. Exterior, you've got much larger panels and you've got all those other things as well, but you've got larger surface areas that you could look at as a big blanket. As the way yeah. interior, you've got all these ins, outs, contours, and, and turns, and yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. And the thoroughness is is definitely much different than an exterior. Absolutely. But no, you're right. I think giving them a well-rounded approach, you know, to it keeps everything going and, and taking that advice from your wife was a solid <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> That's a thing to do too. Yes, very much so. So with you being on the road and you having detail experience, uh, how did that, uh, you know, contribute to working with a lot of these other detailers? And, and did you pick up on a lot of really neat stuff that they were doing that you may have never seen done before in, in regards to techniques? I definitely do. Um, you know, when I first got into this, I was like, man, I'm gung ho. Like I'm going to, I was talking to Clint about this last night. I was like, you know, he was like, yeah, I was, I was going to change the world. You know, I'm going to give everyone all this information and they're going to listen to me. And that's how I was when I first started. I'm like, man, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to show these guys how to do it. Went to a couple detail shops. I see them doing it wrong. And I'm like, no, you got to do it this way. No, you can't mix that product with this product. And it was like, then I come back and they're still doing it. You know, so part of me is like, you know what? Hey, if you want to mix tire shine and compound, whatever, as long as you're buying the tire shine and the compound for me, I'm good with it. You know, you ain't got to deal with the customer. (laughs) I'm not going to change the world. But now I feel like 
these guys are more open to learning stuff. Like the, 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 the amount of training and availability to knowledge and people, whether it be from the IDA or just, we've all kind of seemed like we're, we're, we're more um, integrated in the industry where I felt like I was kind of on my own when I, when I first started as a detailer. Um, but now I feel like a lot of people are knowing each other, getting in touch with each other. They're, you know, going to training courses and really listening. I mean, I have guys that write stuff down. They take pictures of the slides. It's, it, it's really amazing how you, people are, are just in really taking in all the training. It's not, it doesn't feel wasted. No, when I first started with pro, yeah, when I first started with pro, it kind of felt wasted. Like I felt like, why am I going through this? The guy's not even listening to me, but now people really, they listen and they take heed to your words, you know? So, but every day, every time I do a training course or anytime I interact with somebody, I feel like I have to be open-minded that there's a chance I may, you know, this guy may know something that I don't know, you know? So I always try to listen to what people have to say and look at their techniques, Maybe they're not doing it the way I'm, I like to do it, but maybe they have a little bit of a technique that I can use and in, integrate it into my technique. So um, I, I do definitely learn stuff. The last training course I did, it was a correction course. And we had one guy that just couldn't run the polisher. You know, he just couldn't control it. It was pulling on him every time I was trying to help him. And this dude that had like a year's experience came up to me and he said, Hey, Brian, you should change that guy to a five inch pad instead of a six inch pad. And I was like, why are you saying, what do you think? What's the reason behind that? And he said, well, the five inch pad is just easier to control. The polisher is easier to control. And I thought, ah, whatever, go back to, you know, you got a year's experience. This is my mindset, you know? And then I did change him over to the pad. I took, I took heed to what he said and I changed the pad on it for him. And he did start to do a little better. And then I came back to my shop and I changed to the five inch pad and I started using it. And it is definitely easier to, to use. Like it's way easier to use. I take so, it. That was the flex 3401 that you're referencing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's the one you have to, that's a learning curve. You know, you, you yeah. push too much pressure on the tail. You're going that way too much on the head. You're going that way. It's walking yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. It's always the, Anytime I watch somebody do it, I can always see the tail end of the thing <laughs> dipping down. It's like, bring this up, you know, when they're on the side is when they usually run into that problem. The tops are a little bit easier, but yeah, anytime you tilt that thing or anything, it, it wants to, it wants to pull. The Rupes is a little bit easier of a machine to control. It has a better, a little bit better of a balance point. Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm, I'm a flex guy. So, you know, we sell flex. So I've, I basically use flex. I mean, you use flex a lot too, but I do think the roof has, has a little better of a balance point. We actually, in, in the shop, we use, um, we don't use really any rotaries. They're not needed because we, we don't, we work strictly automotive, no RV, no Marine, no motorcycle. Okay. And everything that we try to achieve is within preservation. So we could improve, not remove. We don't do a lot of sanding. You know, because we're dealing with a lot of factory clear coat, not resprays. So we already know there's not much there to play with. But to my point, we're cutting with the 3401 and then finishing with a 
uh, Rupes, long throw yeah. 15. So we have that combination that we play out. Now, obviously, some paints demand more. So if we're doing like a one step, it may be one machine over the other, but it's honestly whatever the paint's going to favor, not a personal uh, uh, option. You know, I'm not just going to buy or grab the machine because I like the machine. It's more like, is this tool going to be a fit for this paint system with this pad and product? And that's yeah. how we kind of judge it. But to your point, though, yeah, the, that 3401, I mean, it's funny because even when I was doing Barrett Jackson with Mother's Polish, I would see guys that it was their first day on the job, first day holding a flex. And there's very few of them that were let in on this. But by the end of the week, they were just moving with it. And that yeah. also showed me, back to your point with – letting go a little bit that somebody could take on this task in my shop as an employee. And as long as they get fed enough work to practice with that in no time at all, they should be able to get dialed in. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, the good thing about DAs is they're not intimidating. No, like they're not intimidating to a person where the rotary is, it was always intimidating. You know, if, if you, if you weren't mechanically inclined, you did not want to touch that thing. No. But anyone that was mechanically inclined, you're going to pick that thing up and move with it, no, no, you know, anyway. So, but yeah. yeah, I mean, and it just helps to have machines out there now. They take a little more time, but the product that they're putting out is, I mean, I've yeah. never... When I first went back to pro, man, real quick story, Bob took me out into the training center and he's like, go ahead. And, you know, I was working on a panel. He's like watching me and I cut it. You know, I was using the rotary. I cut it, polished it. And he's like, you like that? I said, yeah. And he handed me that scan grip light. And I, I put that light on there and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's what you're doing to paint. And I seriously like reevaluated my whole career. I thought, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> good thing wax and glaze was a good thing back in the day to cover oh yeah up I'm like man people used to tell me oh man brian you're so good like you're the best around here you're a great wheel man now i'm thinking wow i was just hammering cars man like and think i can't imagine thousands of detailers that were in that position you know work was phenomenal because it was never the lights we never had you know put a light on it to say yeah. It was just sunlight, you know, sunlight, you know, sunlight actually drowns out the what's going on with the paint a lot of times. Yeah. You know, you, it'll look perfect, but you get it under the right light, you know, gas station, right? Evening yeah. time, sun's going down, get the gas station lights <laughs> coming down on it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or you see a car that you did sitting at the mall under a light. It's like nighttime and it's like, <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. I'm hoping this guy doesn't come back. Like that's, it, it, the go, only thing I, that I was stoked on was I had always liked doing everything with the machine. Like I did everything in the machine. I did not wax by hand. I always use like the orbital, like you said, the big 15 pound orbital. I had one of those. Um, and then I had a Porter cable, you know, I was always using machines to do everything. So it did help me one, when I came back to pro and me and Bob started working with the flex it took me a while to get my technique down. You know, it was, it was, it was frustrating at first, the first couple of weeks of it, I was like, and I was using the old beast, the, the older one, the first one, the first mm -hmm. 3401. And it was, that thing's a, it's a workout. I was telling Bob, man, I can't do this thing. Like, <laughs> this thing's working me. <laughs> now, 
with with moving forward in in your placement with pro what um what titles did you end up basically moving into over time and what what positions i should say did you well yeah after the west coast well i met my i met my wife well and she i wanted her to move to california but she just couldn't do it so i'm i decided i was going to move back here and that was i had to leave pro like john didn't want anybody working out of their house they had had a bad experience with that so um i went to work for a distributor here selling pro products okay and uh that was okay and then eventually i got lucky and john was like you know um he emailed me and said hey how would you feel about doing being the northeast sales rep and you could work out of your house and i jumped on it man i was i was so stoked so that's where i'm at now i i basically take care of the northeast so, so you have that and then on top of that well you're still able to operate both the training facility and the other uh, uh the uh tri-state uh coding company that you have what is it yeah, it's, uh, tri-state auto coatings that's tri-state auto coatings. yeah and don't and get don't you know i'm not running a you know a full-on business like yourself like mine is part-time so very select few customers i don't i don't just open the door to anybody. I don't do a lot of dealership work. You know, I have to do it after I get done at pro. And then the weekends are, I've always had a real good clientele on the weekends. I mean, I've been doing these people's cars for like 25 years. Like I have, I have people that had no kids and I'm now doing their cars and they have kids. They're married and have kids. And now I'm doing their cars. So it, I've always had that. So that's my, that's my weekend revenue it basically is everything, you know, during the week, it's not, you know, I have one guy that comes in part-time in the afternoon and he, um, he does some little stuff while I'm working, but my main focus during the week is pro. Well, and that's still, it, it gives you an advantage of being able to have additional revenue, but it keeps you active. It keeps you exactly. active and hands-on with relevant products, not just from pro, but in the overall detail market. So you're familiar when people approach you with questions about, you know, techniques, other brands, whatever the case may be on top of talking about your own brand that you represent. You yeah. know, not, not a lot of people have that advantage. So that's a good thing to have. Yeah. You have to be sound at what you do. You know what I mean? You've got to be able to help people, and give them legitimate help. You can't just pull something out of the sky and say, you know, like yeah. these guys, especially nowadays. I mean, when I first started, you could say whatever you wanted because the internet wasn't that big. Now it's like, you say something, these guys are punching into their phone. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> they are too. And, and the messed up thing is, you know, there's a lot of good information out there, but there's a lot of misleading, not necessarily bad, but misleading information. They may have heard it from somebody that they trusted in so much, but that somebody was dead wrong yeah, or, or completely off in regards to the process or technique. And trying to reverse that and, and tell them otherwise, it's like, oh, no, now we're fighting. It's like, yeah. come, come on, I'm just trying <laughs> to help you out here. Hey, this weekend... I did a training session with one of my customers in Rhode Island and I said something that was wrong. And I'd noticed, you know, how you, you know, you see people like 
their body language changes. And I said, and I caught it out of the corner of my eye, the guy that owns the company up there, I caught him kind of change. Like I caught a little change in his demeanor. And I thought to myself, ooh, was I right on that? And after everybody was gone, I said to him, I'm like, hey, Kenny, what? I noticed you changed when I talked about the buffing pads because I was talking about open cell and closed cell. And he said, yeah, that's because you're backwards. He's like, and I was like, no, I'm not backwards. And I went to my computer real quick because I have, I have something that has a lot of information on, bu- on buffing pads. And he, he was right. And I even called Clint and I called Clint when I got back. I talked to, when I talked to Clint yesterday, I asked him about it. And he's like, yeah, he's right. I was like, dang it. <laughs> That's how, I mean, but, and here's the thing, you know, you've been around so much and you've taken and absorbed so much knowledge yourself that it's okay to be wrong because sometimes when you're just in go mode and spitting out answers to questions, sometimes those answers may be incorrect, but owning it and just understanding, Oh crap. Uh, you're right. I, that's not the correct information (laughs) yeah yeah my bad (laughs) the (laughs) other 90 percent i told you today though is so at least give me some credit there (laughs) i just wish i didn't say it in front of everybody you know what i mean yeah i wish it were more between me and him but hey you know you live and learn is what it is the guys put out good cars they felt great about the course afterwards so they're stoked with um with that training now what with this training center that you have, you said you got started with that this year, correct? May? Yeah, Mar- in March. March. Okay, and it was one of the M's. So yeah. uh, what what got you inspired to get that going? I felt like I did some training and I felt like this is an area that I could get into and kind of capitalize on it. I mean, we're in this to make money. I felt like it would be an easy way to make money and we have a lot of dealerships around here. My, my initial plan was to get the dealers to send me the guy first. I feel like in, in, this, in the detailing world, you kind of get thrown to the wolves, especially at the, deal, the dealership level. They hire anybody as a detailer. They don't care. You can either be a lot boy or a detailer. So which one do you want to be? They kind of figure they're both equal. You know, any guy, yeah. anybody can do it. You're which pretty much true. the dishwasher. Yeah, which is true. Listen, anybody can be a detailer. Anybody out there that thinks they can't be a detailer, you can be a detailer. It doesn't, you don't have to have skills to do this job. It can be trained into you. Um, pride can't be. You have to have pride and that yeah. can't be trained into you. But um you know, so my plan was like, hey, I'll get the dealers to send them to me. I'll train them to do a new car prep, a new car delivery, and a used car delivery, right? Get them up to speed, you know, and that way they're already ready to go. They can, they can contribute to the shop and take some, take some pressure off the actual detailers because they're doing the deliveries that take you off the car. And, um, you know, once they're done, once they're into it, then they can come back and do the interior class, the exterior class and get them up to speed. You know, that was my, that is my initial plan, but it hasn't quite worked out yet, but I'm still working on it. So then also, you know, doing the regular courses like you do, you know, like the, 
you know, correction courses, coding courses. That's what everybody really likes. Yeah. Um, the well, you know, for even, some reason, to spend more money on those courses, which is fine because there's more money to be made there in that category. But the basics are still the basics. Yeah, you need to have the base. I'm amazed at how many guys are like, how long you've been doing this for? A year? Okay, you've been doing it for a year and you're going to take on a correction and a coding and you're mobile too. How are you going to do that? Like, good luck. I mean, I'll show you how to put it on, but I don't know how you're going to do it outside in the open air, but it's, I'll show you. And I mean, not some, to get too far off base, but that same category of that year detailer, and don't take this as throwing shade on any detailers out there. We love all of you. Yeah. But using the terms paint correction specialist and coding specialist, and you've only been in business a year or so, maybe even haven't paid your business taxes yet, and you're considering yourself a specialist, there's a certain amount of cars and a certain amount of time that need to go underneath your belt. And we're talking years, folks, before that title is something that is even something you should even play with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have a lot of years under my belt. Justin, I've touched, I couldn't even tell you. If someone said to me, how many cars do you think you've touched in your career? I mean, I have no idea. The first job I was on was 3,000 cars. Yeah. You know, and not, that I touched, not that I touched everyone, but I touched a good amount of those cars. So it, I still learn on a daily basis. I still learn new things every day. So how a guy that, you know, has a year's worth of experience or two years, sometimes I've seen 10-year guys need to be totally revamped. Like, it's, it's unfortunate, but they've just been open to all these bad habits and bad advice and just thrown into the fire, you know? Like, here, here's the vacuum, here's the polisher, here's your chemical you're going to use, I'll see you later. That's you know, setting them up for failure. It does set them up for failure. So that's my thing with the training. I want, I want to raise the bar of detailers and help detailers make more money. That's, that's what I want to do. Because I think we get underappreciated. And we're, you know, for a long time, we were just considered, you know, glorified car washers. I mean, because everybody can wash their car. Everybody can do windows, you know, the, the everyday person does their mirror in their bathroom, but they don't understand that just looks one way versus now you're cleaning two ways and the car is moving in all different directions, you know? Yeah, you clean your house window, but it only gets the sun one part of the day. A car drives and turns totally different ways. It shows you everything. So you know, I just want us as detailers to be more appreciated and get better guys to do it. Yeah. And that level of appreciation is something that's across the board, no matter what caliper of detail you are, no matter who you are in the detail industry, including people like us and myself, where I get customers that come in and none of what I've done in the detail industry matters to them. They don't know about it. They don't care about it. They just see me as a detailer. Regardless of having this big 7,300 square foot facility, of oh course, it must be pennies on the dollar for that, right? It doesn't take money to keep that open, but yet they still treat you like, what do you mean? Why does it cost that much? That is ridiculous. You're overpriced. 
and all these things get thrown at me on a daily basis or more of, you know, every couple of weeks I'll get a customer like that, but it's still, everybody deals with it. No matter what level of detail you are across the country, you still get looked at that way by a certain majority of consumers in the market as just a dishwasher, just a car washer, just why do I have to pay you that much? You're not really doing anything. Yeah. You're just washing my car. Yeah. So like you look I get at, it. You look, you look back here like that. All those things back there are certificates of achievement, right? I mean, one of them's an RT. You're an RT. It's we're one of what 40 in the world. And that's an amazing accomplishment. Everyone that comes in here, I also have pictures of cars that I've done around the office too. Guess how many people have actually even taken a look at that wall? One. And he was 16. Oh. And he actually walked up and looked at all of them and said, Brian, what is all this? Everyone else that comes in here goes right to the pictures. Oh, wow, that looks so awesome. And they don't even notice the wall behind me. It's crazy. That is crazy. But yeah, it, it just, but the good thing is when I started, there were none, there was none of that. No. Me. Like there was nothing, you know, your accomplishments were if you satisfied your customer or not. Yeah. And that's Which still is, the biggest accomplishment. Yeah. And, it, and that is the most important thing, but you know, it helps to have the IDA, you know, things to, you know, coding certifications, um, training certifications all the things that we have that kind of build us up as people that keep us motivated to do the job. Yeah. Because as a detailer, there's a certain kind of person you are to want more to be better. Yeah. And that's where people of that mentality go after and are hungry for certifications and trainings. And they see it as a way of being able to grow and be better. And if you don't see it that way, then you may not have that detail bone. You may just see it as I could clean this car, get it done. I know what I know. And that's it. Don't tell me yeah. anything different. So be it. Everybody's different, right? Business, everybody in business and their mentality of how they handle business is different. I think as a whole, like yourself, us, the IDA, we just try to make sure that it just, um, the vision is at least equal playing ground. Yeah. And you know, when I worked at the dealership, I, I actually left Pro to run a Lexus dealership, and it was a it was a good experience. I had I was blessed to have a general manager that actually knew, you know, that the detail department was important to sell these cars. Very nice. And I had a, <clears throat> I had a service director that was wanted excellence and didn't care about paying to get it. You know, that was his thing. You know, he wanted every customer to be happy. Um, but, you know, I could tell if when people would come to interview with me, I would walk them to my office and I could tell just that walk to the office, how successful you're going to be in this business in that aspect of it, because you have to hustle. And if you can't beat a 50-year-old man, or at least be right with me, there is no way you're going to make it in a production detail shop. And it never failed. I, even if I did give them a chance, they would never make it. They, they'd make it maybe two days and they'd be done. They'd just quit. 
because you got to be bam, 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 yeah. bam in that production style, you know? I mean, you got to look at mentally, you're yeah. problem solving on the fly. You've got to be Absolutely. mentally prepared to know when something arises, how to immediately make that, that change and, and, and make it right or have a, a couple different options of solutions to start going at it on process of elimination on what to do. Okay, that didn't work. Now I try this. Now I try that. So yeah. just giving up, be like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah, mm. this isn't working. No. Mm. And that's what us as, you know, senior guys, um, I know you're young, but, you know, as the seasoned guy, I should say, but, um, you know, that's how you tell a good detailer is, can you walk into any place and help out immediately with what you have at your disposal? You know, most guys be, I can't do this. I don't have this product, you know, like in our business, we have to be able to, you know, help the person no matter what the situation is. Yeah. We're providing solutions. So, well, with where we're at on time and everything, Brian, which has been great, much appreciated. Thank you. You know, the whole story that you have, and then of course, knowledge, you know, it's, it's just cool to, to talk and vibe with somebody just like most of my guests that I, you know, that we could all relate, obviously being detailers and Absolutely. so many different stories with similarities. You have some pretty crazy ones with the overspray stuff. Though. I'll take, I'll say you take the cake on that. Um, is um, what's the best way for people to be able to get a hold of you and or pro products? Um, you can check me uh, for pro products. You can, you just go to prowax.com and our, all our contact information is there. Once you call in, um, they'll get you connected with me. If you're in the Northeast, if you're in the, in the Midwest, you'll, you'll talk to Bob. And then, you know, in the, the West, you talk to John Bell. Um, Southeast, we all kind of group up on it together. So, um, but yeah, then, so that's the easiest way to get a hold of me with, for pro products. Okay. And then for, for my own company, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. And you can check, you can check, check us out there at um, Tri-State Coatings, Tri-State Auto Coatings and the National Detail Training Academy. Okay. And then so. as far as um, some last words of advice for the viewers and listeners? I say, you know, when it comes to detailing, like have a system, um, know your business, um, treat your employees good and have pride in what you do. My dad taught me that a long time ago and that's helped me is you have to have pride in what you do. Your first job and your last job have to be equal. You can't, you can't let quality go down. That's to be successful in this business. Quality is a huge, is a huge thing in my opinion. So, um, and then as, as far as the chemicals go, use pro products, man. <laughs> pro all day yeah pro, pro, pro. <laughs> well cool um definitely appreciate you having you on um it's it's been a pleasure um Thank you. this again is this episode 46 you'll uh find it for yourself or for the viewers of course on any of the podcast platforms that are out there along with youtube once it gets uploaded and then of course on facebook where we're at live now on the reflection artist page so, Brian, I want to thank you for your time today. Much appreciated. 
And uh, hopefully we could do this again in the future with some more upcoming episodes as well. And I know we don't have SEMA coming up this year. I mean, I know it's so active, but the detail community is kind of withdrawn from that. The majority, I should say. But we, we do have tech. mobile tech. There you go. I just saw my um, email from my hotel room. So. Yeah. Is it okay for me to say hi to my daughter? She's listening. Oh, so. for sure. Hey, Brianna. She's my little detail prodigy. She's got her own little uh, Instagram and everything. Good. So, yeah, she's coming up in the business. She's five, man. She's already polishing cars. And <laughs> she was out here yesterday polishing on a car. So I was, I'm proud of her. She did. She's good. She's a good girl. Yeah, my mine just turned four and she loves coming to the shop. And yeah, awesome. yeah, so she's right on that path. So yeah, more women in detail and more, makes it more powerful and also levels the playing field. Absolutely. So that way it's not just a, you know, single side of a gender based kind of uh, craft to say. So well, very right. cool, Brian. Thank yeah. you. And uh, have a good rest of your day and everybody home. Thanks for listening. And uh, you know where to find us. If you want to watch the episodes, they're going to be live on YouTube and or the Reflection Artist page. So Everybody take care. All right. Thanks, Justin. Have a good day. All right, Brian. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out BuffAndShine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detail and arsenal.